0: Gary and you're listening to Darren and Friends. Welcome to episode 10. How how has it been 10 weeks? It's gone too fast, but that's a sign of a good time. So, we're not going to overthink it. Now, I have a brand new guest on the show today. I say guest, I mean friend. I always a friend. Okay, it's always going to be friends on this show. They're not guests. We just have chats and catch-ups. And I got a bit of a slagging from this friend for the past while, saying, "Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought I was a good friend. I thought you'd have me on." And The God's honest truth is that I always had the plan to ask this friend onto the show but he's flat out. He's constantly flat out. He's a dad of four. He has a number of different jobs and I just didn't want to bother him. And then I saw an opening to ask him on. Uh, I knew that there was a day he was going to be in Dublin and I said, right, I'm going to strike now. I'm going to ask him. And of course, he obliged because he is a great friend. Donegal Callahan makes his and Friends debut today. Now, being a Munster in Ireland rugby legend... He naturally gets recognised everywhere he goes. And being like completely starstruck and walking over and saying, Are you Donald O'Connell? <laughs> <laughs> and the best part was you saying, Yes. yes. And my mom, Claire, is back digging the dirt on my sisters and I and our scandalous behaviour back in the day on the Aran Islands.
1: Which I subsequently discovered afterwards that all three of you, I think, got the first shift in a On
0: the pier. On the pier. <laughs> This season of earn and Friends is brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco. Your one-stop shop this summer season to dress the whole family. Now we finally got around to a summer barbecue at Claire and Eugene's after multiple rained off attempts over the summer. I'm looking at you in particular, July. You let us down big time. It was a gorgeous sunny afternoon in the back garden last week and I wore that gorgeous pink dress with the diamond pattern that I picked up in FNF. You'll have seen me showing it off on my recent haul of my FNF bits over on my Instagram. It's a gorgeous, light, airy number. There's a nice little waist belt. I love it. We were rolled out of the house after Claire's feast. It was a perfect day. If you want to check out that fab dress or any of FNF's gorgeous gear, perfect for the Indian summer, we're surely due to have, I'm manifesting it, they've got 80 stores nationwide. FNF, fashion at Tesco. All right, let's get into it. Here's Dunica. Uh, Donica Callahan. Welcome to the and friends.
2: Thank you for finally having me on. <laughs> Honestly, what was it? A flick of the coin between me and Bertie. Is that how it went down? Was like, yeah, donors over the dog? <laughs> I think you're more out of the dog.
0: No, donors, that's not fair. Hey, hold on,
2: <laughs> it is completely fair. How many episodes have you had on?
0: Ninety percent of the yeah. way through the season.
2: <laughs> if it's honestly going through your phone, going, oh, geez, I am badly stuck. What's your man's name? Dominic. Dominic O'Connor. Yeah, yeah. I, I do a bit with him on the breakfast. I'll do it. Yeah, Dominic O'Connell. We get him.
0: <laughs> Can we actually reminisce on the day that we were walking, <laughs> walking down the pier in Dunleary? Yeah, that was one of my first experiences of being out in public with you, and someone coming over, it like spotting you, yeah. noticing that they knew they knew you, and being like completely starstruck and walking over and saying are you Donal O'Connell <laughs> <laughs> and- part was you saying yes
2: yes because <laughs> yes. i knew they knew us. So like they'd done that they'd seen rugby player they'd put donald lennon paul o'connell all kind of rugby people and they're like i'm sorry they've done the best part yes i am yes, whatever I'm... makes us stop
1: what can i do for you and they're like can i get a
0: photo <laughs> <laughs> me then envisioning the oh my god i just met donald o'connell and Beer.
2: <laughs> you and carl didn't shut up the rest of the day <laughs> called me donald o'connell Donald uh, O'Connell, how are you?
0: Ah, uh, you're just a gent. I yeah. didn't want to correct them.
2: I, um, I'm delighted to be on, though. A little bit niffed that Karen made episode. What did he get in? Ah, uh, he was two, actually. I think he was episode two. I don't think he was. I think he was episode one. Ah. Uh, was
0: he episode one? Producer Paddy. Punter pad patty over there.
2: Punter patty, too. All right, that's two. me in my box. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so
0: two. But yeah. um, no, absolutely delighted. I'm Abby. delighted
2: to be on. I love listening along to Dern and Friends, and um, I'm excited to be on it.
0: You, I've uh, got a lot of tips from the likes of Paula Callan with the makeup and the that mm. kind of thing as well. But skincare. I do
2: like, I of course, I like your Last Year Life podcast. Very enjoyable to listen to. But I, it, it, for me, on this one, it's more here and you. I get to learn about you. Thank a you. little bit more. So that's important too, isn't it? Thank you, Donald. Yeah. So <laughs> people don't know. You are secretly sound. You know what I mean?
0: This is the thing that I'm learning only recently. And I don't know if it's only a recent thing or if only I've noticed it recently. I think, I don't think a lot of people think I'm sound.
2: Yeah, they don't. They don't. You you are in that bracket. And uh, actually, do you know what happens? Very talented people. They just want to leave you alone. Uh, yeah, because they're nearly afraid of, you should never meet your heroes. <laughs> we, we were working together yesterday. Remember at lunch? Yeah. And there was an awful scene. There was an awful scene. <laughs> you sat down first. Yeah. With your pre-packed lunch. That you never took me off about, which I'm still a little bit odd about. <laughs> You're annoyed that I didn't
0: bring you a pre-packed yeah, lunch as well.
2: Yeah, if you bring them one, I thought you could have brought two. One for you as well. Yeah. Okay, next and time. And then <laughs> all the crew started sitting down, but no one sat with big, bad durings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone. So obviously there's about like, what, four, like 14 people maybe in yeah. total working yeah. on the whole thing. And yeah, I sat down first and they all sat at different tables yeah. and didn't yeah. come near me. So then you then very kindly sat down beside me. Just and...
2: annoy you. Because <laughs> I knew you would have preferred to be on your own. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, They were all thinking, let's give her space. And I was there... She needs space. Let's get beside her and drive her nuts. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah, I must say though, um, Ron O'Gara is like that. There's a few of my good teammates that are a bit like that. They, Secretly sound. They, they put up nearly a bit of a a, a front that people thinks they're. Davy Fitz is like that. You yes. Are. And then they have hearts of gold. You're in that. Yeah, that.
0: Am I in that bracket? Yeah,
2: you are. You absolutely are. They they just deep down unbelievable people that would just rip off their arm. But need to kind of guard themselves a little bit because yeah. they know everyone will be...
0: I'd say Tommy Tiernan's a bit like that as well.
2: Yes, I would think so. Don't know him personally. But yeah. yeah. You were on his show though. I was on his show. Yeah. You
0: were kind of on his show before it was like the...
2: everybody What are you implying that I made it a big thing? Like You
0: got it from Wednesdays to Saturdays.
2: You know, that's... <laughs> cheers Tommy, take it away. <laughs> I was never as glad to have a black eye in all my life uh, doing a show. I had a black eye at the playing with Worcester and I was there. He's either going to think, yeah, rugby player or goger. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh
0: yeah, because sorry, he doesn't know who it is going out. i going to clear
2: Oh, Darren, the nerves going out. Because like, to be fair, it is. Yeah. Like, it, it is the most awkward thing you could have to do, explain.
0: Who you are. Yeah, isn't it? So embarrassing. But it's
2: totally fine to do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And actually, it's probably kind of freeing.
2: Yeah. Once yeah. you go ahead
0: and say, this is who I am and what I do.
2: I loved it though, Jeannie, it, I couldn't believe. I I, I I probably went down the mindset of thinking comedian. It's going to be great crack. It was. Com- he kept digging. It's I remember intense. one. He, uh, he was there like about the bond between teammates. Yeah. And I gave the typical kind of you know washy answer. Oh, we're like a band of brothers. We'd do anything for each other. And he kept going. Like and in the end, he nearly had me at the point where I was there, uh, Like I would walk on glass for any of them. Maybe not him, but the two of those. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Deadly thing to do.
0: But that whole thing, like, I think until I worked with you, I didn't know the true meaning of what it means to be a team player. Not to get too, like, cringe about it. But you, it is just so important when you're on a team to be fiercely loyal.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's actually something I badly miss and I took it 100% for granted. Oh, so you're
0: saying that me, you and Carl aren't a team? No, no, no,
2: but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that got awkward, couldn't it's pass. R- I'm yeah. really missing it. There's a gaping hole in my life with the people. Oh, that's them. awkward. Yes, the, the environment I'm in at the moment is a disaster. No, but I, I just, I honestly thought all environments are like that. Everyone catches it. Everyone has your back. Everyone is looking for your best interest. And, and then you realize they're, they're just made by good environments and yeah. good, good people. Yeah. So we are lucky. You know that. We're we we're lucky with we the crew are. we have. I've been around other and you're like, whoa, this is
0: yeah.
2: tough. Yeah. But,
0: um, and it's felt that way from the start. Yeah, it has. Just get but, on.
2: But then there's reasons for it too, isn't it? Like to be fair, you know it. But you bail me out of so much stuff. Like it,
0: But we all do.
2: No, we don't. We- yeah, you you're lucky. <laughs> That's why you are the swan, the bit of talent that gets you out of it. But being able to just save us from those awkward moments of me going oh no and <laughs> <laughs> seeing grace outside the window just going ah. <laughs> yeah and then you save me so yeah and, and then that kind of builds up a bit of loyalty yeah
0: it? but you have to have crack as well yeah which yeah. is something we're that's lucky we're lucky at the forefront of everything you do and actually I suppose this summer is the first time I've really noticed you as a dad, right? And how just how important crack is in your family. Because obviously, your eldest Sophie has turned 13 and now, God,
2: not oh, know. <laughs> it's an emotional time. Yeah, it is. I'm coming to you on advice for everything. <laughs> I'm
0: yeah. like, what would I know? Yeah. I'm not a mom and I was 13. Like, how many years ago? <laughs> well, oh my God, how many years ago? 17 years ago. Um, but crack within your family and keeping that going and passing on crack. Because obviously, we've all heard the stories of you and the, the crack you've had down through the years you know on your travels or with your teammates but it's 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 so clear that within your family it's at the forefront of everything you do as well
2: I actually think you teach it and there's a responsibility to teach being a bit of fun being a bit (laughs) of crack being and actually as Irish people it's vital we pass it down you know like that and I I just know with my own kids it, it it helps not taking yourself too serious yeah. or being able to laugh off the stuff in time could cause big trouble you, you know <laughs> what I mean like being self-conscious in any way like the, the the default in our house is to laugh at someone you know what I mean if something goes terribly wrong for someone it's a bit of do we laugh do we laugh and we all laugh and we try to find a way like we're trying to find ways to nearly teach it and I'll never forget my brother my niece Ashling was walking along something really high and he was cool as a breeze with it and he was there leave her she's fine It was there Ashling, stay where you are and come at the catch and he was there what do you do man you're teaching her fear you're teaching yeah. her that it's possible to whereas he was like a cheerleader he was there go higher go on you get up to the next one no bother I was there stop it (laughs) yeah I'm there with the net going "Ah, you're right. so so I think that's the case with crack and fun and honestly it is personally it's our nature anyway to look at you know what I mean to look for the fun side of stuff but I actually do think it'll help in time with even I I feel self confidence that if you're not bothered how anyone else is worried about your views yeah and you're only worried about yeah, I'd laugh doing that. And no.
0: being able to laugh at yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. No, it does go horribly wrong. We were in Spain only a few days ago and we were at, you know, that shop, the Aliop.
0: Oh, Dunners. A stunning shop for, for the crack.
2: <laughs> for the crack. Loads going on there. But there, Anna, my little girl had, you know, the cow, you know, the cow outside the alley. Oh, op? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's to make people come in. Yeah. She was there, Dad, Dad, can we get the cow? I was there like this. <laughs> what is she doing? And she knew it was just... To buy it, like... Yeah, absolutely, to bring it home and to buy it was there. What is she doing? And she's looking at me kind of going, now over to you. (laughs) You know, it's good fun. It's good fun.
0: Um, Sometimes it's gotten in your way, though. I remember you saying to to, to us before, we were chatting about when you'd be in camp and when journalists would come to interview you guys. And they would just, because you are a bundle of fun, they'd, they'd assume that you maybe maybe aren't taking it all as seriously or mm. maybe aren't as nervous because of it.
2: Yeah. They, and especially in rugby, they love stereotypes for the players. Yeah. So like in our generation, Paul O'Connell was this manic, intense, fear of God character. Yeah, I promise you, the absolute opposite. Of course, when he stepped on over onto a pitch, he would do anything to have an Irish or a Munster win or a British and Irish lines. But off the pitch, the greatest crack of all time. But that doesn't fit right. Yeah. With, and and like with an example that I had on, we went on the Lions tour to uh, New Zealand in 2005 and Alistair Campbell was with us uh, who would have worked with Tony Blair. oh, what a a man, what an interesting, brilliant guy to be around. Just, I really enjoyed his company. But at one of the press conferences, one of the rules, well, not rules, but one thing you always did was make sure you tied up your tracksuit pants really tight. Because what? one had lads with jockey, yeah, the whole time. So Alistair Campbell, first time ever in, like, probably a lad environment, walked into this media room with his, his thing open and Paul just... No! He... Straight down, like... Stop. But then it went around that I did it because... He, Paul couldn't do it you know okay I mean? so it was... couldn't
0: the, the label couldn't be put on Paul that he well, had done that no not
2: at all Stop. he was down hopping off trees going come on you know and I'm there like there in the bulls <laughs> the clowns who are going honk honk <laughs> the one that used to get me though because I'd always get that question tell yeah. us about the greatest camp uh, cracking camp at the moment and I, I'd always tell the truth I'd be there Andrew Trimble and yeah. they are like Boom. They were like, oops, the Daisy carrot <laughs> They were like, what's the stereotype we have for Andrew Trimble? Oh, he's a Christian. He, you know, yes, he, yeah. He's religious. He couldn't be any <laughs> crack. You know what I mean? So they were like... Tell uh, us a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you <laughs> include something else? Was there ducks around <laughs> there? nose? Andrew Trimble. They're like, oh, we can't go with this. He's on the religious side. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Will you tell us the lobster story?
2: Oh. Um, for anyone who's
0: missed it, it's one of my favorites.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know... If, we were on so what happens is you go on um, the end of season yes I know it sounds nuts but you actually end up going on holidays with all the lads again because you're off at a time of the year when no one really else is off yeah like if guys have wives and girlfriends and family they go then but yeah so we went away straight away at the end of the season I think there was probably maybe eight of us in total from the Munster squad but I remember we were stopped at a restaurant and it was a big thing. Like lads were showing off a little bit and the, the call was that we'd get lobster dinners. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was Nice. And I was on a development contract. So lobster dinners were kind of, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was looking at the bill going, whoa, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know that kind of yeah. <laughs> So I saw it just on the menu. It said lobsters cooked uh, 40 uh, euros, uncooked 30 so, people obviously take them away. I was there. They're never going to give you an uncooked lobster. So, I was there. could I get the uncooked lobster? And <laughs> out he came. <laughs> out he came. He's just there, like this, on, on the silver tray, looking at me, kind of going, it's crack <laughs> What are you up to? <laughs> He's there. Cheers for that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, he bans. He couldn't move. Him. Oh, he couldn't move. <laughs> he couldn't move them. He would to keep him tight. So then it just became a bit of fun, and we I, we made a lead for him out of, you know, their napkins. So I kind of ripped up a few of them, and we.
0: So, you can't just jump to that. So, so you obviously didn't have him for your dinner. He stayed no, alive. He you put him on the ground. Yes,
2: and I filled up on bread, and we just brought him around with us for the night, and in the end of the night it was about two on and it was starting to cause an awful lot not trouble but it was just causing a scene I remember the guards going crazy over there going what's going on with this and they were like put him back put him back in the sea I was there you are joking me put him back in the sea at that name, he got, uh, At that point he got named Pinchy from the Simpsons and they were, I was there like I was there, I'll, st- I'll bring him back to the restaurant and get 30 quid back and they were like get him in the sea did you have to put him yeah that was it he, oh, he swam no. off yeah yeah it's really it's, well it's kind of a good story it is he actually got, got free yeah yeah he did I would have rather eaten him though it, like in <laughs> hindsight it was 30 quid for a load of fun but it'd be like oh brilliant yeah, yeah pinchy good on him good, good on
0: fun. him yeah ah good old pinchy I hope he's having a hot lobster summer wherever he is in the world <laughs> Do you like that one last Great, it's a good one. Now, recently we had my mom, Claire, in the hot seat on Thirling and Friends. And the reaction was great, particularly to her chicken and broccoli bake. This time, she's back in the hot seat and we're doing some reminiscing. Here it is. Claire, it's lovely to have you on
1: Thirling and Friends. Thanks for bringing me in, there. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted
0: to start with the topic of childhood, right? Because obviously we're in kind of peak summertime mode for kids. And when I'm driving into the breakfast show and out... It's great to have no traffic on the roads or whatever, but it's also lovely to see the kids doing the different activities around Dublin and down in Clare or wherever. Um, And I always get nostalgic for this time of year and all the stuff that we used to do and the places you used to bring us. And I wonder now as an older person, as in I'm 31 now, you were 31 when you had me. So around this age and stage of your life that I'm at now, you were flying around with three kids. How was that and how did you keep us occupied and quiet?
1: Obviously, we had a connection with Claire and with Doolan and we spent a lot of time down there and the nanas were always down there and the granddads. Um, we loved it. We, there was so much to do down there, but we also loved the Iron Islands. I mean, the remoteness of it, the safety of it, yeah. the freedom of it. In a year in particular? In a year in particular. Um, and I suppose Grandad Jack was like deemed to be like the local Lord Mayor down there because anything the islanders needed... Jack was like the main agent on the mainland and he was very highly regarded in the Iron Islands. So when we would go out there, Jack would, before we go out, first of all, Jack would ring and he'd say, Claire and the three lads, the, <laughs> lads, yeah, the lads, are going out for, for, for a couple of weeks and will you look after them when they're out there? So they would bring the bags of potatoes, the, you know, the what was it, the potato cakes? Potato and cakes more, and the, the soda bread and so, everything. Oh, yeah, the
0: soda yeah. bread. Yeah. You used to make, oh, I'll never forget. Soda bread, toasted. With butter and rashers with tea, mm-hmm. most mornings you'd make for us out there. Your absolute... make for you
1: and the friends. We and never, all the friends we, we never went. Just that's, that's, we...
0: how come we were always allowed to bring at least a friend each? So you had you always had at least six kids. Sometimes it could be eight or nine or even ten. Why did you allow that, Claire?
1: Because <laughs> I well, you see, when you were young, I could look out the window. I used to keep you in the back garden and bring all your friends in. So there was always friends in our house or in our back garden. And yeah. then when we went on holidays it was the natural thing to do just to load them all up and bring them all down. Um, down to Doolan. Down to Doolan. Or the Iron or down Islands. to the Aran Islands, yeah. And um,
0: So they were, the, my peak summer memories are loading up or unloading on Doolan Pier and going out to the Iron Islands. And the thing that oh, that Avian and Alvin and I always talk about is <laughs> the shop that you used to do before we would go out in this year. So you would go to the supermarket. And you would stock up on, like literally, like it wasn't just kind of essentials for a few days. You would get stuff that would keep us going for the full two weeks. Yeah. Which probably wasn't great in hindsight because you've been, I mean,
1: the local shop, we probably no, should have been supporting. No, on the we island. did a
0: lot for the profitability of the and island we as well. we did. We did, in fairness. Yeah, we get all the milk and everything, yeah. Oh, out there. The, yeah. But yeah. you'd get like four bottles of Robinson's Orange. Yeah. And you get like bacon and cabbage, spuds, like ingredients for spag bol. Like the, my memories of delish dinners On the Aran Islands are like nothing else. And you do like proper beef stew. So like we'd be out all day, either on the beach or if it was raining, we'd
1: go on some sort of adventure or we go, I went knitting at one point. (laughs) Do you remember that? You see, you got the four seasons in one hour and in a year. So we would get up in the morning. I could have five, six kids, seven, whatever number we had at the time. The drill was you got your rucksack, you put your swimsuit, your sunglasses, your sun cream, your rain jacket, your fleece, your <laughs> shorts, your Lecoq sportive hoodie. Remember those? <laughs> yeah. And we left the house and we headed down for the day and we just had the best time. Yeah, you never let us just stay at home. No, out, get out, go, all the rest of it. Now we had a rule, as you, we had a couple of rules actually. You weren't allowed to kiss boys or you weren't allowed near the pier at night time. Yeah. Which I subsequently discovered. Afterwards, all three of you, I think, got the first shift in the year. On the pier, <laughs> on the pier, <laughs> exactly. But I remember one day in particular. I had a rule that if you said a bad word, you had to walk all the way down to the shop in the morning to get the milk. <laughs> and of course, you were always the one that offended. Uh, so, but I remember one morning. I think you were only about eight. But this is what I mean about the freedom. I could let you go. I could nearly see from the house see you walk down. But you were gone for ages. And I said, Where's that lady gone now? And you came back. Oh, big. Smiley head in you, and you said I called into a lady who has a cafe and gives knitting lessons, and she told me I had the gift of knitting, <laughs> and she said I can come back tomorrow if I want. And I kind of want. Jesus, if she had the gift of maths or the gift of, you know, Irish or the gift of whatever, but the gift of knitting. Do you remember that? <laughs> I was delighted.
0: I oh, know. There there's a little rhyme that you say for knitting. What is it again? In the hole around the tree up the bush and out goes he or something. It was something about it. You had to pretend that the the thing
1: was a rabbit and and do it. But but anyway. But the one memory I have as well. Yes. When all the girls would come and obviously Avian's friends were, I mean, what's Avian, four years older than you? Five. Five. Um, Alva's friends were three, whatever, two years older than you. And because you were a Billy Barry kid at the time. (laughs) On the wet days when we couldn't, maybe it was really bad in the evenings, couldn't leave the house, whatever. You would perform your Billy Barry <laughs> pieces. Do you remember doing a "What Comes Naturally"? Do you remember that yeah. out front, and all the rest of the craters <laughs> behind trying to imitate you and trying to keep up with you? Do you remember? Do you remember the verses? Dad's favorite verse. What was it? If you saw my ma and pa, you'd say they had no learning. You know the rest of it. Still, still they still, raised a family doing, doing a "What Comes, comes Naturally." naturally. Yeah. that was a good
0: song but then I remember in rainy days in in Clare if you were in Doolin, you'd bring us to La Hinge. and I remember we used to love going into the bookshop and we'd buy on the main street there in La Hinge. and you'd bring the massive picnic blankets down to the okay. beach and rain hail or shine we were down we there, were down there. We, were
1: down there. <laughs> we were down there we have pictures of you under brollies now there ah it's only a shower it'll pass we'll be grinding on half an hour it's the wild Atlantic <laughs> way ah yeah and then we used to do remember in, in the Iron Islands is where we used to do I'd teach you how to bake oh, on the wet days yeah we'd borrow Madeira mixture yeah What's the saying again? Four, four, six and two beat the batter till you're blue. <laughs> what is it? Four eggs? Oh, four ounces of margarine, four ounces of sugar, six ounces of flour and two eggs. That's the basic Madeira mixture. Delicious.
0: And then, so that would be the summers but then coming into uh, September then, right? For us as kids. Yeah. We were obviously, and I see it with Dunica now, it's so cute. Like the, the running and racing that they do with all of the swimming and the athletics and the hockey and the soccer and everything. But you were, I remember you always used to say, no, sooner have I, one of you dropped a speech and drama, I get home and I get to peel one carrot. <laughs> I'm out the door again with another one of you, And then I get home and I peel a parsnip. And then I'm <laughs> gone
1: again. But that's the way it was. I mean, you, you, we were lucky enough that you were able to try everything. You did cross-country running, you did tennis, you did speech and drama, you did swimming. And, and it was just constant, constant, up the road. I'd drop one, collect the other which I loved every minute of it and- but you are quite a competitive person and you used to love watching us compete
0: in stuff that we, we, you knew that we were good at so mm. you would always push us and drive us on to do the things that you knew we had a gift you for we're, we're good at yeah. and you never kind of make us do the things that
1: we were shy no, at well I was never I mean I never pushed you on the academic side of things you know <laughs> There was no point anyway. You know? And I remember one of Avian's friends saying at Avian's thirtieth birthday, our moms used to say, study, study, study. Claire used to say, sing, 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 <laughs> say your poem or whatever. But, um, no, I, I, you know, I, you see, I came from a background there and down in the West of Ireland from a farming background where like praise wasn't really a thing, you know? And then by the time you, you guys came, I said, well, one thing I'm going to make sure is that we praise and we celebrate and we encourage. Yeah, you know, I know, Claire, I know. And I think I might have overdosed on it though. <laughs> with me or see, with you no with all three of you I sure remember Avian like when Avian got the first note home in sports the sports day in Montsacful like I just said right we need to kind of work on this now she is going to win the race in junior infancy.
0: oh as in the note to say that sports day was happening was happening oh yeah okay
1: yeah, yeah so okay so we went into training straight away for two weeks beforehand I had her out the back garden I said Avian listen to me now see the tape you Know the way kids they're scared and they run up to the tape, and then as they're approaching the tape, they stop. Yeah, they're afraid they're going to run into it and hurt themselves. So, David, once you hit that tape, they'll drop the tape, it will not hurt you. Keep going, <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> She'll remember this, I'm sure you do. I do remember, it was, you know. Um, so yeah, I was very competitive. I mean, with the tennis, I'd always say just concentrate, you know, do your best and. Yeah, we, I, and, and, like I'd be the same. I'd go out to play. I wouldn't see the point in going down to play tennis for an hour and standing for 20 minutes chatting. If I go down to play tennis, I go down to play, hit the ball as hard as I can between the lines and win. And I'm the same, <laughs> and I'm the same with the golf, you know. But yeah, but co- w- what came with that competitive streak though was the importance in celebrating it. Yeah. Like every single search that she ever got was framed and put up on the wall. Yeah. I mean, when I think of it, Avian's first search was um, Avian Gary. This is to certify that Avian Gary has completed one width of the pool, the bilateral <laughs> breathing swim, which meant she just went across the pool. <laughs> I framed that and put it up.
0: Alva mentioned in a previous episode of the podcast about your love for Nuevo Collection, i.e. <laughs> clothes and fashion. Um, so was it a dream come true then for you to have three girls, Claire? To dress us up like little
1: dolls and Absolutely. was all I, matching? Looking, looking back on it, sure, I thought I was going to have three Owens. You know, <laughs> Owen being the Irish name for Eugene. So I suppose, but but I ended up with three girls and looking back on it, I think it was the Lord just said that lady wouldn't be able to cope with boys with, you know, football gear and all the rest of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I was delighted, delighted to get the three girls and we have we we have a huge interest in fashion, and I think that's something that comes from my mom. She just loved to dress up, and she loved to dress us up as kids. And I love to dress the three of you up as ki- uh, you know the same. I dressed you the same, and I'd be killed admiring you going to mass or whatever. Like it wasn't expensive stuff; it was like mix and match shirts and t-shirts from you know? yeah. Um, but you loved doing it. I loved doing it, and and the other side of it as well. Yeah, killed admiring you, and and the other side of it would be if we were away you know I could spot you a mile away you know what I mean if you had the same <laughs> swimsuits on you and you know, were on holidays or whatever
0: vivid memories of going into Arnott's early on a Saturday morning to get the uniform sorted uh, jump out of me but uh, I also another memory uh, the nativity in school yeah I you was w- I was a, I
1: feel I feel I was a major letdown when it came to the nativity well I think I handled that now very well at the time and I don't know how you could say you were a letdown go on so the story goes actually it wasn't long after Nanabidi died and she had a huge devotion to Our Lady. And I don't know. But anyway, it happened that the very next nativity scene, lo and behold, if Avian wasn't cast as Mary. Yeah. So we went all out dressing her in. Cast.
0: It was a cast.
1: <laughs> cast in the nativity. So we went all out anyway. We dressed her in the blue and white. And I remember cutting up a net curtain for the veil and the whole lot. Yeah. That was wonderful. Did us proud. Then it was Alva's nativity scene. Lo and behold, if Alva's name. I think. It was supposed to be names out of the hat. But yeah. It so happened. I used to think that it was Nana's intervention from above that we had two Marys. Yeah. And I remember being delighted and excited. And I remember it was coming to your nativities and you said, Mom, I know you're going to be sad if I if I don't get to play Mary in the nativities. I said, sure, dear, and it'll be grand, whatever. But you were a bit kind of concerned about it. And I remember you going in that morning <laughs> and I was thinking, Anyway, I went down to pick you up, and you were walking towards the car, and the head was down. And I said, "Oh, sweet Jesus, she's been cast as the donkey, now or something." <laughs> judging by the expression on the face, so you got into the car, and I just looked in the mirror. The other two must have had hockey or something, because I was just picking you up. And I said, "What's wrong?" I said, "Hi there, I know you." And she says, "Not so good, mom." I said, "What's wrong?" She said, "Well, did, did the nativity casting today?" And I said, "Maybe casting, the casting whatever casting. it was." <laughs> and I and I said, "Oh." Great. Darren, how'd you get on? And you just looked into the mirror. I remember, and you said, Joseph. (laughs) 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 And I could see the disappointment, and you were the searching look about you. I I know mom is disappointed. And I just burst out crying. And you said, I know you'd be disappointed. And I said, Darren, I'm crying tears of joy. Can I ask you a few questions? What did your father qualify as? What was he trained as? And you said, a carpenter. I said, yeah. I said, has he any sons? No, he has me, Alvin Deren. Are we Alvin Aving? And I said, right. Did he ever in his wildest dreams think that he would have a carpenter in the family? What was Joseph? A carpenter. And the (laughs) smile is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And what do we do? We went straight to Smith's and we got to the carpenters. Tool belt, belt with a chisel <laughs> and the hammer and the whole lot. And you rocked the part of Joseph for <laughs> the Diffiece. Never has there been a Joseph like it since. Oh, stop it.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Diren and Friends with me, Derrin Garahey, in the company of my great friends and family, Dunaco Callahan and Claire Garahey. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please help us to let people know about the podcast by subscribing to it wherever you get your pods and just spreading the word generally. This podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios and this season of Dhirn and Friends is brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco.